former President Donald Trump is going to host the first fundraiser of his new presidential campaign tomorrow night. Now, this is going to come just hours after he is expected to be arraigned in court after being indicted on Friday on numerous charges dealing with classified information. And that right there describes the state of affairs in U.S. politics these days. But let's learn more about these charges. What are they all about? Joseph Ferguson joins us now. an adjunct professor and co-director of the National Security and Civil Rights Program at Loyola University, Chicago. Joseph, thank you for joining us. Happy to be here. Good morning. Now, can you give us an idea? What do these charges encompass? Um, the, the the lead set of charges, and there's there's numerous counts here, but uh, the first 31 counts relate to violations of the Espionage Act, which generally folks would say, well, was there spying going on? That's not the only thing that the Espionage Act covers. It covers um, uh, knowing uh, retention of classified information. And here, as described in the indictment, we're talking about the most sensitive uh, types of information possessed by the government, which a president is not allowed to maintain possession of and retain um, after he has left office. And here, it's not only a matter of retention uh, and keeping these documents in all sorts of um, colorful and concerning ways, but also a series of events to obstruct the U.S. government, both with respect to the National Archives and with respect to the FBI and the Justice Department to obstruct efforts to recover those documents because they are they are properly um, the possession and the property of the United States and they have to be kept in um, uh, sensitive compartmented um, facilities um, to make sure that they are protected. And so there was a conspiracy to obstruct, which is charged in multiple ways this possession of an extraordinarily large number of very, very um, uh, serious level classified information. And that's what struck me in reading through the indictment here is that we got a lot more details about what these documents actually were. Now, when you read through there, what alarmed you about these documents? Um, The sheer volume. And um, uh, I think um, the, the single most alarming thing was not so much, and all of this is alarming, but not simply the concealment and the effort to dodge because people who know they did something wrong, that's a first reaction, is an, is an effort to sidestep, but that they were actually used in discussions with ordinary citizens, with people from the political realm, by the president, in conversations in which he acknowledges they are still classified. And there he is acting transactionally with them, with these documents. That's a real concern. That is very striking. It essentially constitutes a form of oral transmission of these these documents. The transmissions aren't charged. They're made part of the conspiracy um, and the acts in furtherance of conspiracy. But we're also talking about transmitting um, highly sensitive information bearing upon the national security and defense interests of the United States. And what do we know about these particular documents? Like what was so top secret about them? Um, includes information about nuclear weaponry, includes information that um, uh, involved um, uh, uh, military plans of a contingent nature in the event that the United States needed to take certain forms of responsive military action. Um, And in that sense, the disclosure 
of that type of information actually puts lives at risk and undermines the capacity of the United States as a sovereign government um, uh, to provide for both the safety of its own personnel and um, uh, to serve the interests of its allies um, internationally. Right. And so, as you were saying, though, it seems like an awful lot of people knew about this, though, didn't they, Joseph? Because as you point out, there was a lot of discussion about these documents. Um, Yeah, they were maintained um, at Mar-a-Lago. There was not any type of um, uh, uh, facility to maintain them in a protected fashion. They were sitting in boxes randomly in odd places like bathrooms. Um, and um, they were actually pulled out um, uh, in, a, in a couple of instances that are detailed in the indictment and shared with folks that have absolutely no need to know, no rationale for, their, for, for the disclosure being shared with them in conversation. So where does this go from here? Because as I was saying earlier, you know, you've got the in, the appearance in the courtroom coming tomorrow and then a fundraiser tomorrow night. Is this just more fodder for the political campaign? Like, what's the fallout from this? Well, um, what we know over the long arc of, of Donald Trump's um, uh, the career um, before he was a politician and while he has been a politician and certainly as president and beyond is that um, basically the tactical approach to every crisis is to double down. And um, so um, as with everything else that preceded, Donald Trump will use this or attempt to use this um, to deepen a narrative um, of grievance um, for political benefit and to raise money from it. And it and it sets up a really, really complicated landscape in moving into a presidential election season. Why? Because at the same time, um, Donald Trump has First Amendment rights, political association rights, and um, um, the right to speak freely um, in in pursuing public office and otherwise. And that runs up against the national security interests. This is an incredibly tough balancing act that a judge is going to have to deal with um, to both assure that um, uh, Donald Trump, who is charged um, but is presumed um, uh, innocent and will, I'm certain, plead not guilty um, to make sure that his rights aren't unduly um, constricted um, as a political actor um, while the criminal justice system moves forward um, and to make sure that um, at the same time the national security interests of the United States aren't put at risk by somebody who has shown himself incapable of not talking about this stuff. It is fascinating, though, Joseph, isn't it? Because you think any other person, any other candidate, and this would be the end of that candidate, that's not going to be the case here. It's not going to be the case. And let's put a fine point on it here. Um, uh, 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 Former President Trump and his allies um, in Congress and otherwise um, have mounted um, a basically a campaign um, uh, to cast a narrative that the, that the criminal justice system has been weaponized against him. Again, part of that larger narrative of grievance. And the fact of the matter is, is that he is getting consideration and benefits that nobody who has done what he has done would get. In this type of case, Anybody else who is charged would be detained pre-trial and probably subject to very, very restrictive measures in terms of the monitoring uh, of all of his conversations and who he can actually meet and have conversations with. 
And we have an allowance at the other end of the spectrum that has him going out into public, talking about this and using this in the service of a political campaign. It's extraordinary. It, that's a good word for it. It is extraordinary. Joseph, thank you for talking to us about it this morning. Thank you.